Philippians chapter 2. We're still on the topic. Still on the matter. By trust in the Lord Jesus, verse 19, by trust in the Lord Jesus, to send unto you Timotheus, shortly unto you, I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. I read verse 21 in the New Living Translation, the NLT. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Then, it's a lot more troubling that Paul is speaking concerning a minister. He talks about minister in this way and says, all of us see their own. So, I mean, Paul had so many sons. He had um, Timothy, he had Titus, he had Mark, he had Luke, right? Luke was not a disciple of Jesus. Luke was a disciple of Paul. Then they also made writings to people like Theophilus. So th these guys were Paul's guys. Paul spoke about um, Onesimus. These were all Paul's guys. But I don't know who exactly he's speaking of when he says all the others care for themselves because he's, he's, a, he's a pastor, he's an apostle. He's sending someone to the people. He says, what I've noticed is that most of these ministers care only for themselves. So not the things which are Jesus Christ. But I told you, I said, there are things which are Jesus Christ. I started off this topic by talking to you about the will of God and how that, do you know that, the, okay, John chapter 10, verse 10. I'll shock you. The thief command not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Do you know that this scripture is not talking about the devil? Yeah. This scripture is not talking about the devil. Shocked. Because wherever people have prayed this and want to talk about the devil, say, the thief command not but for to kill. <laughs> I've told you that at the back is very important to sound spiritual. The thief command not but to steal. <laughs> To kill and to destroy. You cannot be spiritual without adding. <laughs> so he says, But I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. This scripture, Jesus is not talking about the devil. From where do we get this that is talking about the devil? Okay, like for example, last night, while I was on the flight, I, I was. I, want, I actually want two souls. And definitely, I'm going to bring them to church. The day I bring them to church, I'll do like this. I'm just giving a plan. <laughs> so I know that those are the people I'm talking about. See, the lady was unwilling to understand that when the, the serpent brought the fruit to the woman, the lady did not understand that. I said, when the serpent brought the fruit, the man was there. She didn't want to understand. I showed her the scripture. She still didn't want. She said, no. The, the Adam was somewhere in the garden. And the, the, the serpent gave the fruit to the woman. And the woman went to give it to the man. And I said, no. Okay. And I said, Genesis 3. I opened the Bible. I said, Genesis 3. Right. So go to Genesis 3. Let's see. I know this one, even some of you are thinking. You know, you know the, the, your issue? That children's Bible story, that's your problem. Go in the children's Bible story, it's, it's like the serpent was talking to the woman, and, the, and the, the man was farming. So when he was done the, the eating, then he went to give it to her. Okay, so I'll show you two reasons why I'm saying... The husband was there. He was there. So let's start from verse 2. Okay, maybe from verse 1. Because it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, 
But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, with this, you would think Adam was not there. All right? But the serpent was talking to Eve. So, it looks as though Adam was not there. So, let's go to verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her. Then she said, no, 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 with her can mean that he was in the garden, somewhere in the garden, and and I said, okay, you don't want to understand this one. Okay. I said, and he did eat. Verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened. So if Eve ate first, her eyes should have been opened. Come on. If Eve ever, her eyes should have opened first, then he will not take it to heaven. This was, they ate, I ate, you ate. We all naked at the time. You see. So, and I could tell, what, what the issue was. The issue was a stronghold. You know when the Bible talks about stronghold, it's not talking about demonic, they are demonic strongholds, but stronghold primarily is talking about knowledge that you, you have acquired sometimes from when you were a kid. It was taught to you in a particular way and God that you begin to think, this is how it's supposed to be. So anytime God is even teaching you the right thing because of your mental stronghold, you don't get the truth that God is passing to you. So, this is an example of that, all right? The thief cometh not but to, to kill. I'll come back to this verse in a bit because it's part of my, my sermon for today. So, go back to John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill and destroy, but I am come that I may have life and I may have more abundantly. So, who is he talking about? It says, I said, he's not talking about the devil. There's no scripture that supports that this scripture is about the devil. Because if you think all the devil does is to kill, to steal, to steal the kill and destroy, you are wrong. Verse 6. Don't have time, verse 6. So we're going to look at what comes before verse 10 so we know who he's talking about. The parable spake, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Verse 7. Then Jesus said unto them again. Now he's going to verse 10, so you, you get it. He says, very, very, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. This is not talking about the devil, why? Because the devil did not necessarily come before him. At the time he was speaking, there was a devil. So he's not, the devil doesn't qualify to be all that came before me were thieves and robbers. So he says, but the sheep did not hear them. So who is he talking about? Verse 9. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. When you look at it in context, he's talking about false prophets that came before him. He's talking about the false prophets that came before him. Then now he comes to verse 10. The thief coming not. Who is it with thief? The thieves and robbers he was talking about before. So he comes and says, the thief coming not but for to steal, to kill and to destroy. I'm telling him I have life and that I have more abundantly. Now, that will not be enough. Let's keep going. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Verse 12, but he that is an hireling, now hold on, he's still talking about the same thing, he that is an hireling, the thieves and the robbers, who is a hireling? He that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. So the hireling is a thief and a robber, what is he talking about, who is a hireling? A hireling is someone who has been taking to take care of the sheep, but the sheep don't belong to him. So he's taking a pay for what he's doing. So Jesus says, the ones who came before him did not have a heart for the sheep. They were taking, uh, uh, like, I was like, they were being paid for the job they were doing. So when the pay comes, they are in charge. The day a wolf comes, because the sheep don't belong to him, he has no personal uh, relationship with the sheep, he can easily run away. So those are the thieves and robbers. So he says, so the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What is it, what is it talking about? To, the hireling sometimes steals the sheep. The hireling sometimes kills the sheep and eats. <laughs> the hireling also destroys the work that's been done. 
So he's talking about, he's not talking about the devil. Because you need to understand the devil and how he works. The devil doesn't have to steal to kill and destroy. He's way smarter than that. Does he do that? Yes. But you need to understand what he's looking for. When the devil gets somewhere, what is he looking for? And I said from the very first um, day I started this topic, I said, now look at it. The devil goes, takes Jesus on a mountain and says that, I'm going to give you everything, only bow to me. Then I was telling somebody, I said, you could tell immediately that at that level of communication, they were communicating something that is beyond this earth realm. Come on. They were communicating beyond this earth because in this earth realm, if someone had told you that I'm going to give you $6 million, just bow to me. One time I I read something on, uh, I think it was on Instagram. It says, will you walk naked for $1 million? The person said, when should I start? Because in this earth realm, I mean, we've been taught to, we've been taught to um, value a million dollars, right? So in this earth realm, it's a big deal. So when do I start? Will you, will you, will you walk in Accra Mall naked for a million dollars? Basically, I will start from Jowulu. <laughs> you see, so... In this earth realm, if we are communicating in the earth realm, if men are communicating in the earth realm, those are the things they'll talk about. But this is a different level of communication. The devil and Jesus are communicating. The communication, the level of communication changes totally to, you know what? I'm ready to give you everything. The kingdom, the power, the glory, everything. I'm ready to give you everything here. All I want you to do is to bow. What is the significance of the bowing? The devil is not a fool. What does it mean? Like, come on. I mean, if in the earth realm someone told you, no, I'm going to give you $6 million, just bow to me. He's like, bow. Uh, I will roll on the floor from the gates. <laughs> you get it? You get it? But at that level of communication, Jesus knows that what is at stake is beyond just a, a physical bow. Adam did not know that when he ate the food, he had bowed. He did not know that he had bowed. So at, at the level of, of spirits, what, they, what they, they transact in is not this natural transcendent world because they don't, they're not looking at today. Listen, the devil has seen generations upon generations. He has seen people. He has seen rich men. No rich man today is scaring the devil. Like, ooh, this guy is so rich. There have been rich men in 1712. So he knows that these things are fleeting. So he, 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 he talks to Jesus says, you bow, I'm going to give you everything. Now, you can see how relevant a bow is and how irrelevant the gold is. So what's the devil looking for? The devil doesn't have a problem because the devil can make people rich. The devil doesn't have a problem, all right, making you rich. All he wants you is to bow out of the will of God for your life. In the realm of the spirit, the only substantial thing is the will of God. Everything revolves around it. Everything is about the will of God. So if the devil ever makes someone sick, what's he, what's he looking for? He's not just looking for the sickness. He's not just, no, he's not just looking for the pain. He's, he's doing that to take the person out of the will of God. So you can see that the subject in contention here is the will of God. It's not necessarily the, um, uh, whether he's going to kill or destroy or whatever it is. No, that's not the, the subject. It's the will of God. Now, go back to Genesis chapter 3, where we looked at the story of Adam and Eve. And look at something. You see the same thing. The same thing from verse 5. For God doesn't know that in the day you shall eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God, doing good and evil. Now look at this. To support what I'm saying, are you seeing the devil is giving them something? Come on. He's not killing. He's not stealing. He's giving. He's giving them something. He's giving them something to eat. He's trying to make them happy. They are going to enjoy what they are eating. See, that you are happy doesn't mean you're in the will of God. Someone says, I just want to be happy. No, being in the will of God does not necessarily make you happy. Come on. Last, last year during the relationship, I told her, I said, I said, like some people, some ladies would say, I want to marry a pastor. Like I want to marry a man of God. A man of God. I told her, I said, marrying a man of God that doesn't necessarily mean you'll be happy. Because they're looking at the person that's on stage and preaching. Is he going to preach you in the house? Like, as you see him over there, say, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you get to the home, say, hallelujah. No, you want to get to the home, he's going to eat all your food. 
<laughs> you cook, you eat, and you'll be wondering that this man doesn't eat fast. But, <laughs> but before, before you married him, you were thinking, ah, so spiritual. I don't think this, he even talks to human beings. But then you are married to him and, and then I, he's snoring and saying, a man of God. See, it's not what you're looking for. You see, in the will of God. Like, for example, imagine you are Jeremiah's wife. Jeremiah was called a crime prophet. I'll talk about Jeremiah maybe on Wednesday. Crime prophet. Every time, say, oh! Jerusalem, Jerusalem. So imagine you're Jeremiah's wife. He's arrested and put in prison. It's all part of the will of God for his life. In fact, Jeremiah went through so, too much, so much that he said, God, thou hast deceived me and I'm deceived. <laughs> oh, look at Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. I preached a message on that. Thou hast deceived me. Yeah. It's awful thing. I'm going to a man of God. He's going to be driving a Bentley and he comes to church, just walk with him. He's like, and just come back. He's like, I'm the, I'm the pastor, pastor's wife. And what they're thinking of is that when they don't go for a program with a pastor, pastor say, I want to welcome my sugar, <laughs> my milk in a milk tin. <laughs> then you stand up with your shiny red dress. Without her, I cannot function. <laughs> That's what they are looking for. They are thinking that, I <laughs> ever since I met her, my ministry has been moving forward. And then people were looking at it, oh. <laughs> Jeremiah said, Oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. Oh, deceived me? Deceived me? Why is he saying this? Oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. Why is he saying this? Because in Jeremiah chapter 1, go to Jeremiah chapter 1. God starts talking to him in verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, God is speaking to him. He said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. What a prophecy. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. And I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. <laughs> then I said, Our oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for my child. Number seven, he says, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Verse eight. Be not afraid of their faces, for I'm with thee to deliver thee. This one should have made Jeremiah know that something is coming. <laughs> nothing has happened. They said they'll deliver you. You said, you, nothing has happened. They said they'll deliver you. You don't know that something is coming. It's like when God tells you, victory is coming to you. You know what it means? It means war is coming. Because God does not speak negatively. You don't say, war is coming, war is coming. No. Say, victory, victory. That's like, <laughs> you are, you're about to fight something. <laughs> now, all right, go to verse 9. He said, he's still, God is still telling him prophecy. Then, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. <laughs> and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. What a calling. So the guy looks at him and says, ah, the Lord has called me and I'm going to root out and to build and to plant and to destroy and to throw down and to pull down. And the guy said, ah, the Lord has called me. He now starts the calling by chapter 20. Yeah, he's in prison. <laughs> But chapter 20 is in prison. <laughs> he looks at the coalition. Chapter 20, verse 7. Oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. <laughs> oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. He said, and I was deceived. Why? He thought it was going to be a calling that when he's walking in town, people will be shaking. Oh, oh, oh. Be, and when they see him, they'll be shaking. Sometimes. Sometimes, some of us don't realize that when God was calling us, like he said concerning Jesus, he said he shall be a sign that shall be spoken against. The calling meant small, small boys will write nonsense on Twitter. That's what it meant. Because you see some people, they've not achieved anything in their life, and they're writing against someone like Pastor Chris. You've not achieved anything in your life. 
that he is even older than you should be reason that you should shut up. Because you don't know what it takes to grow to that age. You don't know if you'll be truncated at 30. Jeremiah was not expecting it. But I says, thou hast deceived me and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. Abuse. You know what this means? God, you're abusing me. No, think about it. Domestic violence. <laughs> yeah. God, you are domestic violence. God, <laughs> you said thou art stronger than I. That means God. It's not like I wanted to do this. First of all, you deceived me. Then you forced me. Thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. Then he says, I'm in derision daily. He said, I'm always in depression. He said, everyone mocked me. Everyone is laughing at me. Everyone is laughing at Jeremiah because, and, and, and that's one of the things about, about Jonah. People didn't understand why Jonah didn't want to go. Because Jonah, Jonah told God the reason why he didn't want to go. After he finished preaching in Nineveh. No, think about it. May I understand Jonah? <laughs> Maybe one day I'll preach on Jonah. I understand Jonah because Jonah said, God, this thing you are sending me to go and say, I will go and preach that if you don't repent, God will kill you. Jonah said, God, I know you. If the people repent, you will forgive them. That means my promise will not come to pass. Think about it. He said, God, I know you. You are merciful. If I preach this thing and these people repent, they will not die. And people will say that I'm a false prophet. So Jonah said, I'm not going anywhere. And God said, get ready. Enter the belly of a fish. Until he agreed that he will go. Say, so you are ready now. Let's move. He goes to preach. Exactly the same thing happened with what he said. After preaching, the people began to fast. The Bible says that the whole of many they fasted, including cattle. Their dogs fasted. Their sheep fasted. And God forgave them. He told them in 40 days, you could all die. Nobody died. Let me tell you something. When God calls you, he does not call you to be applauded by men. Verse 7, the man training. He said, I'm in derision daily. Everyone mock at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really laughing at me. Verse 8. For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil. Since I spake, I've been crying. I've been crying. I cried violence. I cried spoil. He said, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me. And a derision daily. Verse 9. Then I said, oh, Jeremiah, I feel him. I understand this thing. I know what, I know what the Jeremiah is going through. Because I went through it. I went through it in 2014. I know what Jeremiah went through. He said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak anymore in his name. I understand it. I know this thing. I can relate. I will not make mention of him because this thing was made a derision to me daily. Everyone mocked me. I will not make mention of him, nor speak anymore in his name. But, come on, but, but, that's exactly what happened to me. He said, but his word was in my heart. I am a catechally. But his word was in my heart. As a burning fire. I could, he said, hey. He said, as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing. That the more I kept quiet, I could not stand. He said, I could not stay. I could not stay. Oh, come on. Some of us, this has been a story of our life. Sometimes we say we are not doing it again. But by the time we realize, we are back on our feet. People who backslide, I don't know how they do it. Because I'm unable to. If I try it, by the time I realize I'm crying on my bed. If I try it, by the time I realize I'm crying on my bed. By the time I realize. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Every attempt to escape the crown didn't work. Until I agreed that I was born for this thing. Just stay with it. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This word was in my heart. As a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. He said, I was wary of forbearing. You know how many times sometimes I've been in a meeting and there was a prophecy to be given and I know the prophecy is with me and I've shut up. But as I'm there, I cannot stay. As I'm there, I cannot stand. I cannot stay until I speak up. So I speak up. To Jesus. Back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. I think we're at verse 8. No, we're at verse 8. I think 6. Sorry. Good. This is the part. He says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, right? Tree was good for food. So number one was the tree was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. So three things that convinced the woman. One, good for food. Two, pleasant to the eyes. Three, a tree to, de to be desired to make one wise. 
Seen these three things. First John chapter 2. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree desired to make one wise. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, good for food, the lust of the eyes, pleasant to the eyes, and the pride of life, one desire to make one wise, to make him like God, to make him like God. The devil has not changed the strategy. He has not changed the strategy. He's still using this today. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He brought the same three temptations to Jesus. Turn this stone into bread, good for food. I'll give you all the kingdoms. As he saw them, the lust of the eyes. Throw yourself. The angels will keep, why? Because your God desire to make one wise. Or pride of life. Same strategy. Destroying many young people. Same strategy. Destroying many people. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh. The pride of life. Give, it to, give this to me in the message translation. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. That's from verse 15. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. The more you're loving the world, he said the love of the Father is squeezing out of you. Practically everything that goes on in the world. Now, verse 16. He said wanting your way. Wanting everything for yourself. Wanting to appear important. Hey. He said it has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. Practically everything that goes on in the world. Number one. Wanting your way. Oh, this is what Paul was talking to Timothy about. That's what he was saying concerning Timothy. He saw all the seek their own. All the things that are Jesus Christ. All the things that are Jesus Christ. Wanting your way. Wanting everything for yourself. To gather as much as possible. We, we, we will consider ourselves blessed if we had more money. We will consider ourselves doing well if we had a car. We we'll consider that something is going well for us if we could appear important in front of other people. Social media has made this so easy today. Wanting your own way. Today, everybody wants their own way. Everybody wants their own way. There are no longer two genders. There are 16 genders. You don't know. 16 genders now. You can add some if you like. Before, it was LGB. Now, LGBT. And later, LGBTQI, ZRSTF. <laughs> to prove to you that they are confused. More letters are joining. They should just forget about adding letters. I know how they can do it. LGBT, A, B, C, D, E, F. <laughs> Last of the flesh. Last of the eyes. You know the sad part? This has crept into the church. He is not God until he can supply something you are looking for. You prayed about your fees. It was not answered. Is he still God? Is he still God? Is he still your God? Or because he did not answer, he's not God anymore. Love not the world and the things in the world. First Kings, chapter number 18. Are you there? I'll start reading from verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Are you the one who has been troubling Israel, he said unto Elijah, and he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baalim, or Baalim. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the Goes, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So I have sent unto all the children of Israel, and gather the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Verse 21 is my point. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long, how long, halt ye between two opinions? This is the question I have for you today. How long will you halt between two opinions? 
He said, if the Lord be God, follow him. If bow, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word to show that the people were halting between two opinions. They couldn't even say. Some of you are halting between two opinions. You are coming to church, but you have another life. He said, how long will you hold between two opinions? Yes, you know, God, oh yes, we worship God, oh yes, we, oh yes, we, I go to church, oh yes. But there's nothing else of your life, you don't identify with God in any other way in your life. Yes, you're, 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 you're in the house of God. Yes, you're in church, but the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Since when, since when did being a glutton become a love language? Because my love language is eating. So those times, when, when, when you are told you are a foodian, do you understand? I'm not saying don't eat, we eat. Those times when you are called a foodian, you have been insulted, right? But now, <laughs> now, to, to, I'm a foodian. It's a YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm not saying don't eat. But it has been, now become, it's like they cannot enter a restaurant. And not right. You do everything I've, I've eaten all. Oh, some of them will just show their stomach. <laughs> I cannot do without food. I I'm just wondering what is it? You are glorifying things you are not supposed to glorify. If you like eat seven balls of kinky, that's good. But why, why glorify it? Because it goes beyond that. Like one lady told me, she said, fasting is not my talent. Elijah came to all the people. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Lust of the eyes. Lots of the eyes, if they sat in the bench, everybody must see it. And this is one of the things that Amanda Pastor Chris was even rebuking music, gospel music ministers for. Rebuking gospel music ministers for. They sit in a plane and they video their leg. They show they are wearing. I'm, I'm not joking. So one time I'm rebuking a friend who is a pastor. I'm rebuking him. Because he came to my house in 2020. He was like, ha, if he was staying here, like he would put it on his status. Ask him a question. I said, if Jesus was alive, would he video his shoe? Would he video his watch? That you're wearing a Rolex. Yes, you're wearing a Rolex. It's nice. It's a nice watch. But would he put it there? Is that what Jesus will put out there? He said, we never know because Jesus was. And I said, no. We know through the scriptures the things Jesus Christ put out there. Because Jesus did other things. I was like, many other miracles Jesus Christ do in the sight of his disciples. So Jesus did other things, but he didn't put out there. But there are things you put out there. What are the things you put out there? It's impact in people's lives. I say, if I'll post anything, I'll post my impact in people's lives. I'll post the messages I preach. I'll post how people's lives have been changed. I'll post the miracles. I'll, I'll post the soul winning. Those are things I'll post. Things about my life that, that will make an impact in somebody's life. How long will you hold between two opinions? Elijah asked him a question. He said, because these Israelites, it's not like they were denying God. Now, know that in, at that time in Israel, there were times that Israel was just after idols. They were not after God. So this is a different kind of situation. So there are times they were just after idols and God, God got angry with them. That they were just after idols. There were times they were just after God. But this is a peculiar time in their life that they were not after God. They were not just after idols. They were between the two. Yes, they will go to the temple, but they will still go to Baal. Yes, they will go and offer offering here, but they will still go to Baal. One time, someone had an issue, and he said that there was, an, there was something, and uh, he had to offer a certain sacrifice to and kill some animal or something. And the person was in church. I addressed the issue. I addressed the issue. I, I, and the person spoke to someone in church and said, Oh, you know, you cannot throw away our tradition. What? What? Do you, know, do you know there are Christians who go to church and I said, oh no, you must have something to protect yourself. What? There's no sacrifice that you give to tradition. It's not a traditional thing. What does the Bible say about it? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 18. Behold, these are after the flesh, and not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar. Verse 19. What I, I say then, that the, fool, that, that the idol is anything or that which is offered in a sacrifice to idols is anything. Hold on. He's saying, talking about, is an idol anything? Like, so, so, oh, there's this idol in our village. We just sacrifice this into it. He says, so Paul is asking a question. He says, is an idol anything? So, 
that thing that you're going to sacrifice, are you just sacrificing it to just anything? Is it just a traditional thing? Is it an idol anything? Or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols, is it anything? Look at verse 20. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. It is not, it is not a traditional thing. You just sacrifice to a demon. They sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would know that you should have fellowship with devils. He said, when you make a sacrifice, what are you doing? You are fellowshipping with devils. Well, you're in partnership with the devil now. So when the leader said, I said, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. She should not do it. How long will you hold between two opinions? I told you before, one time I was in a, if you watch your love all this week, you, you pastor talk a lot about, you know, I was coming to Best West and I told you, I got there, the person was in church. And I got there on the tree, I saw a dwarf. It sufficed. I saw a dwarf and the person was in church. What the person do? Because the person knows that if he brings the dwarf to church, he's going to have a problem. So he would hang the dwarf on the tree, enter the service. When he finishes, you carry the dwarf home. Watch your neighbor very well, though. Of course, I'm just kidding. I'm sure everybody here is good. If you're not good, that's your business. You can't do anything. How long will you hold between two opinions? That's what the children of Israel were doing. They were halting between two opinions. They were serving Baal and they were serving God. Why? They were serving God and they were serving Baal. Why? Why? Why do you claim you go to church? Why do you claim you, you're, you're with God and yet you have, a, you have another life? have another life. There are some right after church, they are entering the other life. Right, they, they won't even wait for the anointing to come down. Right from church, they are entering another life. The great man of God said something. He said, if the church is full on Sunday morning, it shows how popular the church is. It is full on Sunday evening. It shows how popular the pastor is. If it is full on prayer meeting, it shows how popular God is in the church. Jesus Christ said in the book of Revelation, he said you are either cold or hot. You should be either cold or hot. Why are you, why are you, of course, some of you, like, you, you don't like to bath with cold water and hot water. You like the, the trees call it motromojo. You are like a chameleon. When you are in church, you take the color of the church. Chameleon. When you go outside, you take the color of outside. They can't tell you from there. Let me tell you something. Anywhere you go that you feel shy to identify with Jesus Christ, that you feel shy to identify with your church, you feel shy to identify with your pastor, you have no business going there. It's a, it's a bad place. Why, why do you feel shy to identify with Jesus? Look at this. At this time, Elijah is one man against all these people. He calls it all Israel. They have 450 prophets of Baal, and he's the only person. And he was not scared to be one against all of them. Stand for Jesus. Are you listening to me? Stand for Jesus. Anybody that I cannot tell I'm a Christian, what's my business there? My boyfriend is not born again, but I'm... I don't know how to tell him. I know, I know, I know, I know someone like that. I know someone like that. It was in the early stages of, of, of when the church started. Early stages of when the church started. She doesn't come to church on Sunday. Why? Because on Saturday night, she'll go and sleep at her boyfriend's place. And her boyfriend didn't want her to come to church on Sunday. What kind of this one is that? The girl wants to come to church. She said, my boyfriend, my boyfriend will not allow me from coming to church. Or maybe you are sitting here like that. I've spoken it. Amen. You want to say me? Amen. Yes, Lord. <laughs> if if you knew you didn't have come to say it to me. Because you can't change it. What's that? I live for Jesus. Also, I live for Jesus. Now everybody is trying to shy away from me. They are trying not to offend another person. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon, I'm born again. A child of God. When I sat with those people on the flight, I was just thinking, they were talking about, they were talking about marriage. They were, they were, both of them are married, but like, I mean, they are not married to each other, but they are all married people. So a guy and a girl, they were talking, they were talking, I was just looking at how I'm going to enter this conversation. <laughs> I'm scheming, I'm just looking, I'm going to enter this conversation. And you know, a master soul winner is very strategic. A master soul winner always goes considering the conversation they're having. Because some of you, they're having a conversation about marriage. They say, hey, Jesus Christ. 
It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who say that? Oh, no, what is this? No, 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 no. You see them having a conversation. A master so went, like Jesus Christ went to the Samaritan woman. The woman was fetching water, so he began the, the conversation from water. He said, fetch some for me. You see? So they, they were talking about marriage and talking about this. So I said, oh, my husband is this. Oh, my wife is this. Oh, my husband is cool. My, my, my husband, my wife, my wife is the hot one and I'm the cool one. So, uh, as we were talking, talking, I look at the on one's hand. He was wearing a ring. I look at that. Well, it's okay. Two, 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 two. Okay. I'm not wearing a ring, so I'm going to start like this. Hi. I've never seen young couples married talking about their wives like this. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, how long have you married? Seven years. How long have you married? Three years? Okay, tell me about marriage. Oh, and the guy started. You know, you never be afraid to get married. I got married at 28, and you know, my, you know, my wife, when I met her, I said, how did you know she was your wife? So when I met her, there was this, uh, you know, was this, uh, then the lady, at least she had stayed in the States for so long. The lady was like, oh, when I met my husband, I had failed YC, and he took me, he took me to the library, he was teaching me, and, uh, and now I have my master's. I said, oh, you have your master's, right? <laughs> oh, right. That was just, it was a good entrance. Let me tell you, it was so powerful, eh? They thought I was not human. Yes. Literally, the guy said, I know we'll come up from this flight and we'll call this guy's number and it will not go through. <laughs> because, you know, all the questions they ever had about God, I told them, I said, ask him. And I showed them in. The guy would just open it. No. And I led both of them to Christ. I'm born again! Don't be afraid to identify with Jesus. And one of the ways to do it is through soul winning. Don't hold between two opinions. Every Christian should be a soul winner. Every Christian, use your platform to win souls. It will look like, it will look like people have not seen. They've seen it. You will think it's not making an impact. All the impact we make in people's life, if God shows us, we'll be shocked. So don't shut up. Don't shut up. Don't shut up. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit and say, today I'm going to go out. I said, win souls just because you're a Christian. That's not, that's not to do with being a pastor or anything. No, that's your life. You are born again. You share the life of God. On that plane, those two people didn't know I'm a pastor. So I didn't even introduce myself as a pastor. I mentioned my first name without pastor. Because most of the time when I approach people, I don't even say I'm a pastor. Why? Because when people see you're a pastor, they change. They change around you. They start becoming fake. I remember going to the gym one time and I, when I enrolled in the gym, the guy didn't know I'm a pastor. I mentioned my first name. I just wanted him to like relate with me and also be able to push me because people I know be able to relate to pastors in certain ways. So I'm going to say, hey, hey boy, hey, lift this, lift this. I'm like, hey, hey. Right. So when I lift it, I said, hey, hey, you can do this, you can do it. So now you hit the button, I can't quit what yet. He will hit my, he will hit my back like this. Come on, let me show you. <laughs> Listen. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so every time he talk about different things, he talk about different things. Sometimes some of his clients, the females, when they are lifting the thing, he doesn't really like it because you know he, he's married, he doesn't want any trouble. He was always talking about everything. Then one day, while we're there. A member of Christ Embassy, I think Nungwa, came there. Oh, Pasainok, this is your gym? Pasainok. So the guy realized he's a pastor. When the lady left, the guy started singing, Evadie. <laughs> I said, wow, wow, look at that. Wow, look at that. From that day, from that day, anything I lift is fine. I lift up there, oh, are you tired, Pastor? You can go. Anything like that. So, when I go out there, I relate with people as a Christian. You see, as a Christian. It's when, so one time I invited him, the guy, to church. On my birthday last day, he came. Hey. And that service, miracles happened. 
Remember, miracles happen. And I lifted up the record. My gym member. <laughs> Shine the light everywhere you go. Shine the light of the gospel everywhere you go. Talk to people about Jesus. Don't let it be difficult for you. Don't let it be difficult for you. Don't let it be difficult for you. Use your platforms. You know, this this the, the, the wisdom with which I handle my platforms. I don't I don't always write Jesus, Jesus, Jesus every day. People run away from the page. Sometimes I just talk about normal things, normal lives, to other things. Then I drop one powerful thing about Jesus. Because people already like to come there. They come there and they see it and like, and they're impacted by it. Make an impact for Jesus. Make an impact for Jesus. On Wednesday, I'll continue with another side to this. But I'll read this scripture then it will help us to enter in on Wednesday. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God. My heart desire and prayer to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. My heart desire and prayer to God for Israel. Who was Paul? He said, My heart desire and prayer to God. My heart desire and prayer to God. What's your heart desire and prayer to God about? Is it just about the things you want? What's your heart desire? Paul said, my heart desire and prayer to God is for Israel. That they might be saved. They might be saved. When you look on social media, are you tempted or you want to see people who need help? If you are tempted, you need help. How will I see somebody who's not born again and wish I was there? It cannot be. It's my heart desire and prayer to God. When I see them, I say, God, what can we do? Let me tell you something. During the days I used to go to um, studios a lot when I was more active in music. I met many musicians. I met many studio engineers. I always left something with them. You know, this studio engineer, Junior Selection. And some of the hits you hear, Junior Selection. I filled him with the Holy Spirit. He spoke to till today. If Junior hears him some way, Junior wants to come there till today. Till today. He always tells me, it's so awful. When I did these things, I was not a pastor. It's so awful. Now turn it off. Since that day, his life took a different turn. His life changed. His life changed. When you go to places to work, talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Tell the church for three years. I say yes intercessions and giving of thanks be made not for ourselves, it's for all men. On Wednesday, I'll start talking about concern for the city. It's an exhort therefore that first of all, supplications. What are supplications? Entreaties. You're praying to God. That they will be saved, that they will, they, will, they will love God, they will love Jesus. We don't want to leave anybody here during the, the, the rapture of the church. Don't leave anybody here. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, 
prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse 2. For kings and for all that in authority, that we may lead a quite a peaceable life. Don't God. He said that if you pray for the people, he said you, because if the guy who's supposed to be an arm robber gives his life to Christ, robbery has escaped you. But you don't pray for them to be saved. Now he has become an arm robber. What you don't know is that the day that Kwashek guy came to you, he came because some years ago, you were probably supposed to pray for him to be saved. He was not saved. This is the repercussion. He said, when you pray for them, he said, you will now lead a quiet and peaceable life. No godliness and honesty. He said, my heart desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. He was praying. He was praying for them. He was praying for them. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. We want to see mass salvation of souls. We want to see them coming to the Lord. I want to see them loving the Lord. I want, I want to see them coming to church. My heart desire and prayer. My heart desire and prayer. My heart desire and prayer. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. 